0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers. With Renew Economy's editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring, and SunWiz, the creators of the powerful PV cell software.
1: Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Solar Insiders. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid, and just for good measure, the EV website, The Driven as well. And I'm joined by Nigel Morris, solar veteran, but only with one job at the moment.
2: (laughs) Only with one job? That's good. One good job.
1: well, you're not you're not you're not you're not editing. You're, well, of course, with, with Solar Analytics, um, which is of course is a sponsor with us. But um, what I'm trying to say is that you're not editing three websites, not doing something crazy like that. But um, oh, that's
2: for sure. No, no yeah, that's yes. insane.
1: It is insane. I,
2: I, we all wonder how you do it, mate.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, but well done. Uh, yes, um, teleporting. I think I'm, I've, I've, I've um, actually um, <laughs> I'm actually over in Perth. Um, This week, and for another couple of weeks. Yes, yes. Um, Over here for an energy and minds conference of all things, and there's three days. And let me tell you, there are hundreds and hundreds of people in the uh, Western Hotel uh, Mm -hmm. talking about solar and wind and battery storage and hydrogen, and not a single one of them, not a single one of them has put their hand up and says, let's burn more coal. Not a single one of them has put their hand up and said, let's burn more gas and diesel. They've all gone, how do we get more solar and wind onto our grid so we can actually slash our fuel costs? And um, the thing I learned today was one decent size mine with, let's say, a 30 megawatt power station will burn, diesel. get this, $1.4 billion of diesel and gas over a 20-year period. Phew. Yep.
2: Diesel's an expensive way to make energy, man. It's it's ridiculous. It's so
1: convenient, though,
2: right? It's it is very relatively easy to do, and it's the way so many thousands of towns survive on it. It's nuts. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I don't get it either because it just costs so much to actually transport the damn thing. So. If they can get their mind around um, paying more upfront for wind and solar and various forms of storage, be it battery or and hydrogen or both, then um, they're going to save themselves a bucket yeah. load of money. Mm-hmm. So, really interesting stuff. Uh, really interesting modern, stuff. Modern hybrid systems,
2: mate. Modern hybrid systems. That's all it is. It's, oh, there's, it's the the tax out there. It's great. There's some people yeah. doing some. I've met a lot of people doing. Um, off, more off-grid stuff lately and more advanced stuff with off-grid and, and lithium slowly pushing into off-grid as well. And It's fascinating what's going on out there. Mm.
1: Well, I'm going to go and see a hybrid system over at Rottnest Island on Friday and um, I am going to see the very famous Rotto wind turbines, mm. the same single turbine that terrified Tony Abbott so much That he decided to pull the plug on the renewable energy target. He said, I don't want wind power. And he was asked, Well, why don't you like wind power? He said, I cycled in front of this Roto wind turbine and it was terrifying. It was awful, he said. And um, (laughs) that set his mind against um, wind energy. So I'm going to go out there and see what the problem is. Mm, Good on you. So, yes, it's going to be exciting. It's it's going to be my big adventure. Yes. yes. Travelling around. Travelling around. Nigel. We've got a whole bunch to talk about, so we should probably. We should. So,
2: Victoria is the big news, so right? Much. You reported on that today, and um, basically, it sounds like the government has um, done a great job, and Solar Victoria has done a great job of sort of listening to what most people have said and tweaking their program. And um, they've only they haven't announced everything yet. There's still some preliminary stuff out there, especially around batteries, and they've but they've set quotas, which is great. And if they make that visible to the industry, then it's easy for everyone or easier for everyone to see how the market's progressing and adjust their businesses in a in a more rational way, which is great.
1: And it's interesting to note by setting quotas, they just do a monthly rollout. So it's a certain amount um, a month. Uh, 3,000 and something systems, basically calibrated to be 40,000 solar systems a year, 1,000 battery storage systems a year. And I think the market operator will probably be happy with that, um, mainly because there's not going to be a huge rush at the start, which might have overloaded the... um, um, of course a huge increase in solar because if you think about it there's about 2.6 mm-hmm. gigawatts of rooftop solar going to go into the grid over the next 10 years and that's fine um, as long as mm-hmm. it's kind of controlled and managed and things like that so um, so look um, well done. It's a great
2: um, opportunity though and and they're talking about some really good technical requirements that are starting to roll in, uh, the VoltVar stuff in particular you know that's that's a win-win if we can get VoltVar in and reduce ex- hard export limits um, everybody wins. Um uh, the networks get more energy when they want it, and they can dynamically adjust to it. Um, and uh, you know, the tech's out there; the, most of the inverters can already do it. Okay, just, um, just in case. So just in that's case. a huge.
1: Yeah, no, that is huge. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. Didn't hear me before. Um, just so, so tell me what the VOLT5 thing means, then. What, what why, why, why do we need it, and what's it going to do?
2: Well, <laughs> the simple version, and yeah, the simple version is that at the moment, what the network says is we can only estimate sometimes we can accurately estimate but we have to estimate what the impact on the network's going to be if you tell us you're going to connect a big solar system and the bigger it is the bigger the impact and depending on your load profile different impact as well and depending on the network around you is it, is it a good network or is it a thin old network you know so all those things matter so they have export limits and they, they're they a co- kind of a simple line in the sand across every application. But in many applications, the network could actually benefit from having the energy flowing out of a solar system to prop the grid up and to help the grid and to deliver energy when there's demand close by. So what VoltVar allows you to do is to let that happen automatically and dynamically, whereas an export limit is just a hard line, irrespective of whether it's good or bad. So, that's the real simple version of why volt bar, volt bar is better. Cool.
1: Okay. I like the sound of it. Um, Before we get on to it. You did, you did I ask. I did ask. I did ask. Yes, and I regret it only halfway through, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, look, no, it's, important. <laughs> it's important to know. It's important to know. It's
2: a lot more. And, and look, maybe caveat, can I just caveat that? So, that's the ultra simplest description I could give, and there's a lot of intricacy, and it's not that simple, of course. Yes. Um, well, but well, it, it is um, it is the direction that industry is going around the world, Yeah. Well, and look. we should. Be going there too. Fair enough.
1: And we'll probably get inundated with lots of emails and text messages and things like that saying, um, you idiots, you didn't explain it properly, and this is what it really means. But um, <laughs> we're happy to correct ourselves yeah. next time or we'll, um, put something up under the posting if that's the case. Hey, look, I just want to touch on South Australia before we go overseas. Um, South Australia, really mm. interesting stuff. Um, Dan Van Hals Now, uh, remember, this is a Liberal um, energy minister, state energy minister, talking about how the yep. state, ex- he expects yep. the state to be net. 100% renewable energy um, for its for its grid by 2030, which is quite extraordinary. Which means more wind and solar than they need exported elsewhere through an additional connector to New South Wales, and then basically using what it will be decarbonised, essentially decarbonised grid, sort of pushing that into industry and heating and electric transport. Um, it's going to unveil an EV policy this year. It's going to be encouraging more. Um, wow. Is going to be
2: in. that just sounds almost visionary. Yeah, it does, it sounds visionary, it's, it's man. That's good.
1: His, it's, 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 I mean,
2: what a sensible, what a sensible kind of position to take.
1: <laughs> well, I kind of put it at the bottom of this. I think he's got it I, right there. I think I put it at the bottom of the story today. Let's get on with it. It's he's just oh, that's what I like. <laughs> I think I put it at the it. Bottom, bottom of the story today. Can he be the federal minister, please? <laughs> because, um, God, um, Angus, Angus Fraser, I mean, I keep on calling him Angus Fraser, he's an English cricketer. Um, and it's about the last time I watched the English playing cricket, um, which is about 20 years ago, but Angus. Taylor, the energy minister, was speaking last week at Australian Energy Week, and apparently just the mood of the place was just abysmal. Everyone just listened to him. It was the same crap that he just says on Alan Jones's program or on Sky News, and people were just thinking, oh my God, this is our energy minister. What did we do to deserve this? Um, Fortunately, a lot of them have got things to get on with. Mm -hmm. They've got state-based schemes, such as South Australia, such as Victoria, such as Queensland, if they would just pull their finger Mm -hmm. out. Um, and te- yeah, New South Wales is making some progress. New South Wales is making some progress. I'm um, just being here at the Energy Mines, things thinking about all the things, um, listening to all the things that are planned for off grid, who do not get impacted by the Energy Minister. So thank God for that. Look, let's move on, mate. Um, into <laughs> yeah, so it's going to keep going into solar. People were arrested there at Intersolar, and you yeah. missed it, presumably because yeah. you were stuck staring at the electric vehicles. And um, and I'll just put in a bit of a bid here for Something. our podcast we did on the Driven. Pretzels. Pretzels. Oops. Pretzels and EVs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, we on, are we in some sort of delay? Because we're talking over the top of each other. It's really weird. But anyway, you tell me about these arrests at Intersolar.
2: Well, and this is a report that I read online um, saying that a couple of solar company executives were actually arrested at InterSolar by customs, German customs. Um, I didn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't a, wasn't even aware until I read this the other day. Um, uh, it relates to illegal imports into Europe. Um, there's an import duty in, in simple terms. There was like a, a capped price that was put in the market some years ago to address anti-dumping concerns and, you know, try and get the pricing right and... Um, These two arrests were directly in relation to a charge worth hundreds of millions of dollars potential, of euros, um, for avoided taxes, basically fraudulently imported panels. Uh, It's happened before, and there's been a couple of other prosecutions, a couple of fairly well-known PV brands, um, not not, not top-tier brands, but... uh, um and some local government people who were implicated. So anyway, it's the subject of ongoing legal stuff, but um fascinating comings and goings of international solar fraud.
1: Bloody hell. Okay. And but look, so there's been there's been some <laughs> local local enforcement as well happening with the um clean energy regulator. Um now here it says, according to the notes, they lied about how many solar panels were actually installed on an installation so they could get I- extra HTCs. Happened last year and Correct. was worth about 117,000. So I guess we're talking a fairly large um, commercial installation. Um, the buggers, but no, was it was a year? bunch of
2: resis. It was oh, a bunch was of it? resis.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, it was, oh. yeah, there's 23 of them that weren't installed at all and half a dozen. So there's about 30 systems, 30 or 40 systems, I like um, gather. So yeah, and, and, and it's not the first time we've heard of that. It doesn't happen that often, but occasionally. Um, we do hear of this where people just absolutely lie about how many panels they <laughs> installed to claim the credits. And they. And the good news here is that, see, I got them. Um, this has happened before and they've prosecuted people before and they're onto it and they're watching. And that's great, actually, because it means that people can't, um, uh, it, there's a, you know, there's a there's a penalty. You can, don't do that. Um, unfortunately, in this case, the rec broker, the STC broker, was caught in the middle. That's not the first time that's happened in Australia either. And brokers are liable um, if they don't do their due, due diligence uh, or get lied to or caught out, um, as has been the case here apparently. Um, so um, yeah, um, that's um, some undertakings.
1: Oh, good, 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 good. Um, more needs to happen. Um, it's good to see the policeman's doing his job on the street. Um, Lithium battery test centre. Um, test centres are out. Now, tell me about this and what they found.
2: Yeah, so the lithium battery test centres down in the ACT. It's run by IT Power, who are a great mob of guys, a great company. who have been around for ages, around consulting and energy, and terrific people. Anyway, they they managed to get this battery test centre set up a few years back. Uh, they're now into their sixth report, just came out, uh, and they've got eighteen different types of batteries there, predominantly lithium, and they've been testing them and running through the running them through accelerated life cycle testing, trying to do it as you know. Um, uh, um, uh, and, uh, agnostically and and as uh, e- as equal as they possibly can, of course, uh, doing a great job. And the reports just come out. Um, a few of the key findings um, of what they're saying are that you know the round trip efficiency of of most of the batteries they're testing is in the right range, 85 to 95, percent which is good. Um, they're seeing lifetimes pre- predicted lifetimes of five to 16 years, which sounds about right. Harsh tests, all that kind of stuff. Um, there have been a number of failures, uh, quite a number. They were surprised by that. Um, all sorts of things going wrong. BMSs, uh, batteries that were shutting down because they were over temperature, um, you, an inability to control some. Some of the big name brands, you can't even crack into them to program and make them do different things. Um, cell imbalances, which is not uncommon. Contact a fail- a failures. Um, we've seen capacity fading over time. Um, but all in all, it is a very, very harsh test. So that's good They're they're busting batteries down there and finding out their weak spots. So lots of lessons being learned there. Um, they made the comment that prices have stalled as we've mentioned before. Um, and I'm banging on now, Giles, there's so much to talk about here. How much do you want me to talk?
1: (laughs) Keep going. Well, no, I'll keep going. No, it's all good. It's all good. Now, look, this is really interesting. But, um, now, well, it's interesting about battery storage because as you sort of said the other day, um, I mean, just sort of stopping in there on the prices, I'm interested to know what this report said about the prices. But, you um you sort of gave the heads up a couple of um, episodes ago about um, battery storage going, um, the battery storage market going flat, and the uptake in South Australia mm-hmm. not as great as um, was thought, and that's actually been borne out by the figures. So Dan Van Holst Pelican, the Energy Minister, whose praises I was singing earlier in the um, mm-hmm. at the start of this podcast, um, he revealed some data. So three thousand three hundred systems. Um, got done through their sort of home battery scheme in the first since it started in, in January. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that actually includes some of the Tesla ones. So there's only about two thousand two hundred from the South Australian government mm-hmm. one. And that's about say five months or something like that. That's interesting. That's a pretty slow start considering that they're going to go to the, the plan is forty thousand systems in four years just from the government supported one. They're getting a six thousand up to a six thousand dollar rebate on on some of those batteries. AGL are now throwing in an extra $1,000, um, so you can basically pick up a Tesla Power Wall or something like that for less than $6,000, but people are not exactly rushing to it and I just wonder if there's just some reticence about battery storage now. People don't understand what the, you know, how it works, what it does for them. Um, Really interesting. interesting It is.
2: It is. And I think, you know, we're pushing the boundaries of the market in so many ways. And, you know, VPP is a part of this whole story now as well. So, you know, there's a lot of talk. And and I think that adds to the complexity of it all. It adds adds so many benefits if we can get it right and we, we will get it right um but um for consumers it's kind of can be a little bit complex i think i don't know
1: yes well, we shall
2: um, we shall see we shall see yeah,
1: absolutely so look what else did they tell us about them what else did we get out of this um, out of this report did they sort of w- where do they see prices going in the medium term are they still gonna because they haven't gone down much recently
2: no um, I think um, in, in short what they were saying was they felt they'd flattened out for now and and subject to a few normal variables foreign exchange and various other things which aren't helping at all at the moment um, subject to all of that they expect the overall industry Volume globally of batteries, the scale is going to keep growing rapidly and enormously, and that's going to drive down the cost for everyone. So the price reductions will come, but um, it may be flat for a little while. Um, That was kind of their finding, and the same sort of thing that we were we were
1: talking about recently. Mm. And the best of them, and the best performing one, was something that we've basically not even heard of really: the Sony Lithium Phosphate battery pack. (laughs) Um, I haven't heard yeah. much about that. <laughs> No,
2: look, I mean, it's been out there. I'm very much aware of it being out there and they were quite early because Sony have got a wonderful history in, in lithium battery technology and really know a lot about it um, and were quite early to the international markets with the, with with ideas. So, you know, good on them. Um, and theirs has stood up really, really well, um, which basically means it's well built so it hasn't failed. The control systems are working right. The chemistry is good. Um, and, and these batteries are designed for long life uh, and seem to be handling the stresses of the temperature temperature. So, good on them. Um, But this has been changing over time, right? So, they're doing really well at the moment. Samsung, BYD, and Pylon Tech were all doing really, really well, Um, um, but have dropped off a little bit. So, what we're starting to see now with this accelerated lifetime testing is we're seeing batteries behave differently over an accelerated life. And so, some droop early and then flatten out. Some, you know, um, um, retain their capacity for longer and then drop off more of a cliff. So, they all behave slightly differently. Um, so there's been lots of good learnings out of that and, and, and you know, it shows how complex it is, right? Hmm. Hmm. It's pretty interesting.
1: Anything else out of that? Um,
2: no, look, um, um, in summary, you know, I think, um, um, I think in summary, it's a great test facility. and It's really interesting to watch and to if you're interested in the technology and you want to see how different how batteries can perform differently, and what that means. Um, great data there to to
1: understand it. Good stuff. Okay, okay. Now, what else have we got on the agenda today? Um, sort of, I'm um, struggling a bit to read this actually. <laughs> it's sort of, yeah. We're, we're fighting know. with technology.
2: Fighting I think we're I'm down to I'm think I'm down to EV and battery news.
1: Oh, you're Daniel EV and Battery News. I think there's sort of this sort of stretch phone line that goes from sort of um from Sydney to Perth is sort of, you know, it's challenging us. You know, it's um yeah. maybe I'm the wrong I, I'm in the, the wrong that, time zone or something. Sorry
2: about that, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how about to wrap up a little bit of a little bit of some history, some genuine history being made, right? Um this week, finally, um yesterday in fact, uh when this was recorded, um, History was made because the Moto E class took to the track for the first time. Um, it's a class of all the same make of bike, which are made by Italian company Energica. They're all built specially for Moto E, for all the class. And they run alongside all the other Moto GPs, the top class in, in motorcycle racing. Um, They are amazing looking bikes. They've been performing really, really well. Um, And you may remember, Giles, that only a month or so ago, the entire pit garage burnt to the ground, taking all the bikes and all the gear with it. I do remember. Right. So... Energica have built another 30, 40, 50 bikes, whatever it is, and a whole new support kit, and everyone's got new gear, and they're back out, and they got back on the track today for the very first time. Um, Their times were um, good. Um, They're not up to MotoGP standards yet, of course, um, but they're out there. The riders are loving it. Um, they're sort of 600cc equivalent bikes so they're very fast on the track um, the riders are talking about how great they are interestingly the one thing, the thing that keeps coming back in all performance stuff with electric motorcycles is the issue of weight when you, when you load them up with batteries to get high power and, and enough range to be competitive then they end up being heavy and that makes them harder to handle so they're, they're battling they're all complaining a little bit about the weight but um, great lessons great history being made
1: Absolutely, and there's look there's a bit of other EV news going around too. Um, in Australia, um, Nissan are setting up their little centre, um, an EV centre to train their, um, well, presumably or their franchisees and um, and the people because they're just about to launch the Leaf. In fact, I think next month the second generation Leaf is coming through. So. Um, that's going to be interesting. Nice. Yes, nice. Um, it's going to be coming supposedly with vehicle-to-grid technology, but I'm not too sure that's quite ready yet. I think there's still some inverter issues that are being dealt with. So I think they've actually gotten Delta um, to work on that and um, and see how that can sort of play with the grid and back into the grid. But it's a fascinating yes. idea. Fascinating idea about you know, using, you know, solar on the roof, putting it into the car, and then getting the car and putting it back into the home or back into the grid or whatever. Um, yep pretty interesting yep. pretty interesting stuff in fact I was just reading I want down. to do that Giles. what's that
2: <laughs> I think that's the cool I want to do exactly that that's Why what I want to do I, that? that's,
1: not that's not the that pinnacle
2: said. of the technology for me if we can get <laughs> if we can get a distributed energy system with evs to do that bi-directionally I reckon it's bloody fantastic you know it, it's it would totally change the dynamics of the grid in a positive and it could be done in a positive way
1: It would have to be pretty much game over for the fossil fuel boys then because then you're just starting charging into a decentralised grid and... um and, um, yeah, it'll be remarkable. But, look, it's interesting. There's, there's a whole bunch of different views about some vehicle to grid and exactly how attainable it is and how widespread it will be. But, um, but look, certainly mm. um, people like you, I think, will be getting into it and other people already have gotten into it in some form or another. But um, oh, bringing yeah. out a, um, a big-name vehicle and, and doing it that way. And I was just reading, just reading a story the other day about Renault and how uh, Renault EVs are being used in this island in um, Madeira. Um, off the coast of Portugal um, I know oh, Madeira, I've got into... a friend from Madeira yeah well I'm not too sure it was Madeira itself, I think it's a little island just off Madeira, part of that island, there's oh. a series of islands there anyway but um, yeah, oh. no, really interesting so they've got lots of wind and solar there trying to work out what the best way to get to 100% renewables is You know, with enough storage so they either throw a whole bunch mm. of batteries in or something else mm. and they're thinking about well maybe electric vehicles could um, do it that way so um, mm. interesting stuff Interesting nice. stuff. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, what else should I mention? I think, um, oh, what? Um, damn, I just lost my train of thought. Um, I, think that, I think that's about right, actually. But um, just interesting, Just um, um, I've just been over in WA and talking to whole people about the grid over here. And it's just really interesting talking to them about the impact of rooftop solar. So in Perth, rooftop solar is by far the biggest, you know, sort of throw it all together, it's by far the biggest generator in the grid, probably three or four times bigger than the next one. Yep. Um, WA has mild weather in spring and it's got good sunshine. So... It's starting to push the um, you know the um, underlying demand down a long way. And the interesting thing, the important thing to remember about WA grid is it's about sort of you know average about two and a half, three and a half thousand megawatts. So it's a reasonably sizable grid, but it's an isolated one. Yeah. And so this is where the challenges of having wind and solar become sort of quite um, quite interesting. So uh, there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of inquiries and things going in to think about, you know, how best to move forward with distributed energy, like a whole system plan. Try and get the exit of coal out of the system. Really interesting technology stuff. Really interesting politics. They kind of don't dare sort of upset down the people down at Collie, which is the major coal town down there. And there was actually plans for a um, a solar plant to go oh, down that's there. That's right. Has like got rejected, did not it? So that- They've decided to can, yeah. they can decide the they've the solar plant and I'm gonna put a bike track yeah. instead. Um or if, yeah, it's Good unbelievable. On. But um <laughs> so a whole bunch of politics to be to be negotiated, but um but pretty interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's, so, there's one um, thing for
2: sure, mate. I, it, there is a ton going on out there, and um, there's a lot of people trying to do really innovative things. That's what that's what keeps me uh, excited at work in, in the office. We're seeing such demand for for you know all of this new stuff, and people demanding that we uh, we get these new products out there because uh, they can see uses for them. It's great.
1: Oh yeah, look, and it's such a contrast, it's kind of what you got to hang on to. I mean, look, as we've been speaking, my son's been texting me from Sydney, and um, he's a couple of hours ahead of me, and um, the silly bug has been watching Sky News, and um, he only doesn't just do it upset me. Um, he's just he's been watching Alan Jones. <laughs> About how he's banging on about his carbon dioxide, and if you remember, I, mean, I don't know whether people watched it or not, but Alan Jones got slammed by the climate scientists on Q and A yesterday and his ridiculous yes, assertion. You know, oh look, unbelievable! But he's going on, no, 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 he's right, and the scientists are wrong, and. And my son says he really, 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 really loves coal. And now he's pushing nuclear and he's quoting Bjorn Longborg's article in Depth, which is in The Australian. But look, it kind of worries me, basically, because there is this massive push going on around social media. Um, Coal, coal, coal and nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. Look. Our most read story on our website today is a bit of a takedown on Pauline Hanson. Now, she's been ranting about solar mm. um, up in Queensland mm, on the I Facebook page. And it's quite, a, it's quite a funny one. She's taken an abandoned solar thermal plant, which was actually being built next to the coal generator there, Cogan Creek, to provide steam, not electricity, just steam. And she's just got her facts wrong and everything's upside down and she's confused between panels and mirrors and um, it's the old claim about all this taxpayer's money. was, was five, it was six years. Little, that was
2: six or seven years ago, wasn't it?
1: I know, I know, little... I know, I know. But look, you know, maybe maybe she'll go back and find an original. Old news,
2: Pauline, old news. I know.
1: But what worries me is that this stuff unbelievably Gain some sort of currency, and I've got to tell you, the trolls are out there. They're infesting yeah. our website. They're infesting other, other people's website. Mm. They're kind of relentless. It seems to me that there's some sort of mm. big campaign going, going on. Maybe a Cambridge Analytica type thing. The people interfered in the Brexit and the um, and the US elections. And you know, You're might getting not slammed. Might not be them, You're getting but it's slammed. Like- well, we're getting slammed. I was, you know, I've got a, got a good troll going on. Wow, sort of, got to dig a moat around and sort of raise the drawbridge. Sometimes it's. Um, it's Mm. um anyway never mind but look that's life in the big world
2: well there's a lot of change going on there's a lot of change going on
1: well it's and it's really interesting so at the federal level politics are just not moving at all in the murdoch media and talkback radio things they're just still just married to this sort of you know decades-old technology but in the industry which we're in it's actually moving forward really really fast Fortunately, the institutions yeah. are pretty much engaged and trying to do as best they can to to manage it and have a plan. But it's just an extraordinary. It's, just, it's, it's. it's um, I don't know. Maybe I'm still in post-traumatic sy- uh, stress syndrome from the uh, from the election result. But I'm, I'm struggling to. I'm struggling <laughs> to get my mind around it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just got to go with it, Giles. Well, I've got to go with it. Just hang Probably on. To, hang just on. Just hang it's on. The sol- hang it's not called there. the solar coaster for nothing, mate.
1: It's the solar coaster for oh, unbelievable. Hey, look, I'm going to thank our sponsors, which is Solar Analytics, of course, um, the uh, monitoring product, which should be compulsory in every installation, as far as I'm concerned, and um, yeah. also PV Cell from Sunwiz. Um, and look, so both um, Solar Analytics and um, PV Cell and Sunwiz have been sponsoring us for a while now. We do appreciate it. Wouldn't happen without their support. Any final thoughts, Nigel, before we sign off? And uh... Uh,
2: no, um, no. Uh, I think we're, we're just so busy at work at the moment. It's fantastic, but um, I'm, I'm focused on focused on trying to get some new products and new services out into the market. That's that's all that's consuming me,
1: if I'm honest. <laughs> Bosses on my anyway, case. Look, just <laughs> Your boss is on your case. So oh, well, you better get cracking then. Um, just a heads up to that podcast that we did record for The Driven, The, the Driven podcast, which was um, you um – not watching people being arrested into solar, but actually going through the EV area and um, look fascinating chat about all the different um, electric vehicles, things that have been happening there. So um, yep. that was pretty good. And um, because I am in Perth and at this Energy and Minds conference, one of the reasons why we're here is because at Energy Insiders, we're doing a live podcast, kind of like what you and I and um, David Leach did at All Energy last year. So we're doing one here with the Energy and Minds people. So um, that'll be up on the um, up on the website in a couple of days as well. So, um, Fantastic. So listen out for that. So um, yes, and look, I might even do a recording when I go out to Rotnest Island and um, do an interview with uh, Roto Wintobine and um, some yeah. of the people with hybrid system. Wait, so you get You've get, nice you get on the quokkas. I'm going to be nice <laughs> to the quokkas. <laughs> I'm going to be nice yeah, to the quokkas. bless them. Very nice. Nigel, it's been a pleasure once Great again. Great to chat, um, Thanks to all our listeners. And thanks to you. Good on you, mate.
0: Okay, bye for now. Solar Insiders was brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered, and make the most of your home energy. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, the creators of PVcell software, powerful technology for solar sales and design. With free high-definition rooftop imagery in every PVcell plan, retailers can stay ahead of the competition. Visit sunwiz.com.au, Australia's leading solar software.